Welcome to the Beachy Mundum Show, a ministry of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia. I usually banter off of other people or laugh at their bantering. I'm not... You're not an instigator of banter? I'm not a banter instigator, no. That's true. I could see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're usually ready for the response, but you're not the one to dive into it. No. Yeah. I, I would say I'm probably better at that. I could start banter with a wall if I needed to, I think. <laughs> you know, as, as I'm sitting here looking across at you, <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, no, he's going to say something. I'm not going to know where to go with it. Uh, and since it's just the two of us and we had prayed about our poverty yeah. being poor for the Lord to be able to use, I look over and I feel very poor in this seat being empty <laughs> next to us shows me a real poverty and it frightens me. It is. just... Yeah, the two of us. There's a sense of incompleteness because <laughs> there <is. laughs> there's only two and three, as we know, is a perfect number. It so, is. It yeah. is. It takes the pressure off. Yeah, it really. Does. I think I could sit back and say nothing, and nobody would know. Right, 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 right. But yep. if it's just you and me, gosh, and you throw the ball over here and I don't catch it, we're in trouble. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Which is kind of hilarious if you think about it, because these are just casual conversations, you they know, are. that we. We talk like normal, yes. and we just had one where there wasn't a At single least 30 break minutes. for 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but yet, as soon as we hit record, there's like, oh pressure. man, what if I don't have anything to say? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> or it makes any sense. It's smart enough. Right, exactly. exactly. Deep enough. <laughs> yeah, because once these things go live. <laughs> well, on that note, we might as well get started. We might as well. Welcome back, everybody, to the Vici Mundum Show. Uh, we're glad you're with us, tuning in again. And if you, uh, as you just picked up, it is Austin Farenhold and Tina Wandersee in the studio. Um, Ken is on paternity leave. Congratulations, Ken yes. and Rhiannon. Yes, congratulations. Yeah. That's so exciting. What do you know? What the birth date was for the baby? It was oh gosh, late December. Late December. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like 28th or 29th. Or uh, something. I feel like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Everybody's doing great, and Ken is enjoying, hopefully, some peace and quiet of some sort. I'm sure he is. Yeah. From work, anyway. Probably not from children. But, yeah. So, we we feel a little funny now without... without We do. We're missing him. Yeah. But we'll forge ahead anyway. We will. So, today, I wanted to talk about something, and I thought, Tina, you're the, obviously, the director of outreach Mm -hmm. here. Um, And so... I was thinking of different topics, and uh, and one that uh, that you deal with on a daily basis are the poor. Yes, um, that they're people; they're not a topic. But you deal with you deal with the poor every day, um, and so I wanted to talk a little bit because I've read a number of books and uh, spiritual books about gospel poverty mm-hmm. and about uh, poverty of spirit. Um, you know, it's one of the beatitudes: "Blessed are the poor in spirit." Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a distinction between that and destitution. So today I was kind of hoping we could jump into what are some of those distinctions mm-hmm. and is is one good and why is that so? So at any rate, what, how would, what would you say the distinctions are between poverty and destitution? Uh, well, first off, I get a sense of, uh, with one, a sense of hopefulness and the other kind of a sense of hopelessness, so mm. despair. And so uh, poverty, if I think in terms of uh, gospel poverty or those that are uh, actually poor, you know, physically poor, or even those that are um, spiritually poor, there's, uh, even though it's, uh, uh, they're lacking something, um, 
that needs to be cared for, there's a, always a sense of hopefulness for me because uh, that that poverty will be met. You know that that need will be fulfilled in some way, um, whether it's spiritual or um, uh, something physical. So there's a hopefulness in that. Um, mm-hmm. It just uh, it just will. You know, there's a there's a trust uh, that that if somebody um, is poor, uh, they will be filled up. Mm. Uh, the Lord says that they will be. Um, uh, and then the opposite of that would be, or something similar to it, I, I should say, destitution uh, brings a sense of hopelessness, I think, uh, because when I hear that word, there's nothing that can be done to reconcile it. Um, mm. uh, uh, destitution um, uh, is is something that uh, one lacks, but there's no way for you know for someone to sort of you know see the other side of that or or get beyond it. Yeah, that's, that's what it's, it 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 uh, brings on for me. Yeah, that's kind of um, how I've understood it a little bit too. That destitution is is like lacking lacking the bare needs, you know, yeah. lacking the the needs to uh, to be human in a sense. Like, yeah. like it's it's almost like a a loss of dignity as a human, mm-hmm. you know, to be without mm-hmm. clothing or to be without mm-hmm. uh, um, any sort of shelter mm-hmm. or any food. Like these are things that we need to operate in destitution. Yeah, but and be. I think destitution is, uh, for me, even even above that is is more um, not even knowing that one is without. Oh, interesting. You know, like the, uh, because I do feel like um, if one is aware of their poverty, if they know that they are poor, um, their need will be met. Hmm. Um, cry and uh, the Lord hears you. But if you're not aware of your poverty, um, then you are living in destitution because you don't even have the the wherewithal to cry out hmm. um, to reconcile this. You can see, sometimes you can see this in homelessness um, where the human person outside of a home um, outside of uh, living uh, with water and all of the things that we need, food and clothing and, and, uh, and uh, what would make us, uh, as you had referred to, dignified, uh, yeah. that would speak to our dignity as a human person. Um, without those, um, sometimes uh, uh, left too long in that state, the human mind can make a switch. Hmm. Um, and, uh, and oftentimes... Uh, people will begin to associate with um, uh, survival in that way and uh, need to be brought back from that. Um, so sometimes people don't even know to cry out um, uh, for whatever reason. Uh, maybe it could be addiction or uh, mental uh, uh, instability. Uh, it's hard to say, but I think uh, destitution is difficult because maybe the person doesn't cry out, uh, and so that would be the reason that they would not be able to um, get, find a way out of their situation. Yeah, that's really interesting. So it's destitution. Uh, there's an element, as you're explaining it, of um, of like of mental or spiritual destitution. Yeah, forgetting who you are. Yeah, forgetting loss of identity. Loss of identity. Yes, yes, mm. yes. That's really interesting. I would I'm not. Yeah, I mean I that, that makes sense. Because anybody that cries out, if you if you if you cry out, the Lord hears. So if you don't know that you um, lack God or need God, if you don't know who you are, your identity is a child of God. You are in need of God. 
Um, there is no way to live uh, apart from God. Uh, so to to do that is to lose your identity. Hmm. Uh, to to not and and so why would you if you if you don't even know uh, you're a child of God why would you cry out I think that's probably why we need um, each other to um, sort of advocate or intercede for each other um, to oh, interesting. you know to well, yeah I mean go it, to the fringes and <laughs> yeah. bring back the lost <laughs> well it's interesting because you're like it's you're kind of in a sense talking about like material destitution and spiritual destitution. Yes, and yes. I think in both ways, we need to intercede for each other. Like yeah. the material destitution, mm-hmm. well, some people can't help themselves anymore. And so right. we have to go out of our way yeah. to help them. Yes. Um, and in the same way in spiritual destitution, for people who don't recognize that they are children yeah. of God, we have to pray for them because they don't yeah. know how to, you know, they don't know how to recognize that yeah. they're in need of prayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. That's really interesting. So how about, how do we contrast that with with pop with poverty? And is poverty good? Bad? Well, I think poverty is always good. Poverty is always good. I think it's always good. This might be shocking for some people. Yeah. Listening. I think it's always good. Um and if we are not ourselves um poor, you know, uh there's there's always in any society classes of people. So if we ourselves are not poor, it's always good to be in touch with those that are poor hmm. um, because uh, uh, we really need to, um, or, or even, you know, more, more than that, we are all poor even if, even if we have money, um, hmm. no matter what our situation, you know, if we're rich, middle class, or in, living in what we would consider poverty, we are all poor. So there is, we have to get in touch with that. Uh, we all lack something. Um, and uh, sometimes we can see that if we um, uh, if we put ourselves in in the around uh, people who are in poverty, but also we can see I think um, that there are real uh, challenges and difficulties in the world that we probably don't know about, and we assume that somebody is taking care of. Hmm. Um, so if let's say I'm living a, a middle class life or an upper middle class life, and I'm not in touch with those that are poor, I may not realize the difficulties that the poor face, and I might assume that they are poor or living in poverty because of some choices that they themselves have made. Hmm. And um, and uh, I am not in that situation because I have made better choices. And so sometimes uh, for those in middle class or upper middle class, poverty is about people who just didn't have the gumption to, you know, pick themselves up and to go out there and be a go-getter. Um, and so, uh, and sometimes that's not the case. Uh, sometimes uh, it's about systems that we have in place and uh, obstacles that are, that are in the way. And, and we don't see those if we don't have to operate in, in, within that, the, the confines of being poor. Hmm. But wouldn't it be, um, I mean, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But is it necessarily bad? Well, let me let me phrase this question a different way. So, what are the benefits then? If I'm like, if I'm a middle class person mm-hmm. who says, you know, I've got these things going on, mm-hmm. the poor have made uh, decisions that maybe aren't that great. What would be the benefit of me going and spending time with the poor? Um, relationship. Um, I think that. Uh, Why uh, should I be poor? I guess is the question. If if you never experience poverty, 
then you will wind up probably, um, I don't want to project, so let me change my language a little bit. If I never experience poverty, then I run the risk of never understanding that everything that I have and everything um, that I've done uh, and in every way um, that I've lived um, is a blessing from God and comes from God. Hmm. I will think that I am sole creator and maintainer of my universe, Tina, Mm. and the Wandersea clan. And if something uh, rocks the boat of that, then I am going to do whatever it takes to keep the Wandersea clan safe. And that could be without God, just Mm. by forging forth and saying, this is the next thing I must do. This is the next thing I must do. Um, but it, and, and maybe if I have poverty, uh, suffer job loss, uh, which our family has done uh, and seen, seen ourselves through the other side, um, if I am challenged in that way, maybe then I call on God and see what God, can, what, what God does uh, with those situations. If I never get challenged by poverty, or if I always am able to pick myself up by my bootstraps and do it myself, um, then I run the risk of thinking that I don't, uh, that I that I have the ability to control everything in my life, and it really is up to me uh, to create my own destiny. Um, I wind up being a person who's living in the world for the world and because of the world, mm-hmm. uh, without really having a uh, an eternal life without focusing on what my purpose really is. So poverty keeps keeps life in perspective because we're uh, we're recognizing our own littleness yeah. inside of God. Right. We actually are, we actually every day we are dependent one hundred percent on God. Every day. Hmm. Every day. I mean, the, we wouldn't be able to sit here and talk. Um, if our hearts weren't beating and, and air wasn't going into our lungs. Uh, we haven't made so a conscious true. choice to do this. Yeah. <laughs> it's just happening. Why is it happening? Because we're being held by God. Yeah. If God decided it was lights out and um, uh, for me, and, uh, and all of a sudden there was a medical situation here on, on the air, uh, this, uh, you know, we would have to... We would have to um, Uh, deal with that situation. So every, I mean, we are being held and loved and sustained by God, and so is the planet. And I think we, sometimes we forget that, mainly because we live in a society um, that is um, always creating and making and fashioning something. You know, we've got, we've fashioned a whole world of of technology. We've fashioned uh, a whole world of fashion. We've Mm. fashioned a whole world of cinema. Um, There are many different uh, ways that we can lose ourselves and forget who we are and uh, operate inside of that world um, instead of operating inside of the the universe that God created. Um, and And he is the one who protects us. Well, in a sense, it's kind of scary too. Like it's, it can be anyway, uh, from the out, from the outside, it can look very scary to recognize the fact that I, what power do I have? You know, what, what power do I have to, to make the neurons in my brain fire, to make my heart continue beating, like to, to embrace that reality, uh, and to recognize that there is someone else holding me in existence Right. It's almost like having the floor dropped out of you. Yeah. You know, like, whoa. Like what 
so what must I do? What right. is there something that I have to do then? Yes. Yeah. Uh, like what relationship do I need to be in yes. with this person? Right. Um, which is scary because right. you know if if you think about the implications of that relationship, uh, then you wonder. Yeah. Is it worth entering into? Maybe I'll just stay blind to that reality. Right. I mean, sometimes it is easier, right? So it, it is seems, easier. Yeah. You know, when when you talk with somebody who's who's uh, uh, in a homeless uh, situation, uh, sometimes it's easier to be homeless. Mm. There's no rules. There's no regulations. Um, there that that uh, of anything. There's no. Um, you know, it's very. It can be very difficult to rehouse somebody. Um, who has been homeless for a time because um, it's difficult to sleep in a bed. Hmm. It's difficult to shut the doors and and lock them. Um, Life is difficult to get up and actually go uh, uh, and use the restroom in the evening. All of these things that you would think are not difficult um, become difficult for somebody who has um, had to deal with a certain way of life um, uh, without a home. Hmm. Um, and so you, so the, 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 uh, the extreme poverty that someone can feel with, with homelessness, um, uh, needs to be corrected uh, as quickly as possible. Cause that would be because more along the lines this of is a, this is right? a, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is a mental switch, uh, that goes off in the brain. Hmm. Uh, so when you rehouse somebody, it has to be about, um, total person, mind, body, soul, and spirit. Mm. It, it must be about that because the person will not remain housed very long if mm. it's not about all of those things. Interesting. Because yeah. part of, would you say because part of their, they've lost some of their dignity? As yes. And, and I would say that they haven't lost any of their dignity, but they have not lived within their dignity. Oh, that's a better way of saying it. Yeah. We never yeah. lose our dignity. Right. Uh, we, we, we have been given that uh, by God, by the very nature of, of us being human. When we live outside of relationship with God, when we um, uh, walk away from that uh, and begin to live a different kind of life, we ourselves are not living within our dignity. Hmm. Um, and we can become uh, undignified and think that we have no dignity because of those actions. Hmm. This can leave us lost. So, uh, uh, and it's difficult to come back from that because anybody who has committed um, any sin and has felt the weight of it uh, has has realizes that they've broken relationship with God has felt the loss of their dignity and they haven't lost it. They've just not, they've not, um, they've not, uh, lived, uh, in the dignified fashion that they were created, uh, in a relationship with God. Uh, so the devil loves to play with that, right? You've lost your dignity. There's no way to get it back. Right. You're an outcast. You're an outcast. Yeah. And there's no way to clean this up. And so, you know, we can go to reconciliation and we can, we can, um, cry out, in our poverty, um, but we 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 have to uh, we have to accept who we are, who God is at the end of the day, um, and uh, and and then He will fill us up. If we don't cry out, you know, this is this is a beautiful thing about the the beatitude of of being in uh, poverty of spirit, because when we call out, 
it says in the Beatitude, and you will see God. I mean, mm-hmm. you will, you, you will, you will see God. I mean, you yeah. will be with Him. I mean, so if you cry out in your poverty, He will be there. Yeah. Um, uh, it's us who are always hiding, right? It's us who are always hiding. The Lord's always saying, "Where did you go? Where are you?" Mm. Um, and uh, and so we forget our dignity. And a lot of people, this is the problem with the the core. Uh, uh, Catholic social teaching of the dignity of the human person. People are always thinking that uh, they've lost their dignity or that they have to earn their dignity. Hmm. And, they, and they forget that um, they have dignity by the very uh, fact that they were created um, by God. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> I mean, if you recreate yourself according to... Um, the the latest star, the latest rock star, the latest movie star, uh, you are going to feel the loss of your dignity because uh, you are operating with that as right. your model, with that as your ideal, with that as what you hold dear. So how do, how do we live it accordingly then? Um, live live well within our yeah small question right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but kind of embracing that that. Poverty, that good poverty, gospel poverty mindset, and and live that out. Well, I think that we have to not be afraid. Number one, you know, many people are afraid when they hear the word poverty. Right. You yeah. Know, that is one it, thing you do not want to be. It's got very negative. Okay, you do not want to lose the house, yeah. <laughs> lose the car, and be what? What are you then? Uh, many people are already in relationship with many people, but if you lose everything, now you, ha- you have need of your fellow man. <laughs> right. You don't want to be a need to your fellow man, right? Everybody loves to be the one helping others out. Nobody wants to, Nobody be, the wants to be the one in need. Hmm. And the people that are helping want to help because they love. They know what place they're coming from, but nobody wants to be loved hmm. on the other side of that. Nobody wants, um, uh, and it, again, for me, it ties back into the, the gift um, episode we have. Oh, yeah. Right? Because whatever gift you have to give me, maybe I don't want it. Maybe I don't right. like it. You might feed me, but maybe I don't like the food you feed me. Mm. You may um, uh, give me a room to stay in, but maybe I don't want to be in this room. Mm. You know, and so anytime, um, so I... I I don't even remember what the original question is, so we're going to have to... <laughs> How to live into it, but I think that's great because, uh, because there is that when, when we receive... Uh, this is something I've been recognizing more as you're talking, is that I don't, I don't necessarily always mind being in need yeah. um, because it... For a few reasons. One, because it takes away uh, my ability to, to be particular. Right. When I'm in need, I have to accept what's given to me. And that kind of draws me in sometimes to a deeper truth that, uh, that I'm accepting a lot that's been given to me every single day. Yeah. Um, and so there's, there's almost a, a loss of control that brings deeper freedom um, when, you, when you are in need and when you receive um, right. whatever someone gives you in that need. Right. It's... It, and in a sense, um, and kind of following a lot of, of what you're what you're saying, uh, as I'm piecing it together, in a sense, being in that sense of of, um, of need, so that gospel poverty, recognizing that that everything I have is from God, and so being my wife always uses this imagery. We do uh, retreats for engaged couples, and mm-hmm. she'll use the imagery of open hands, yeah, both hands open, mm-hmm. that we're ready for things to go, 
and we're ready to receive what's given. Mm-hmm. Um, that this is this is a good way of living in a marriage, but also just right. every aspect of your life is the open hands. Right. What do you need from me? I can give it to you if I'm if if I have it to give. Right. You know, and right. in the same way, this is what I need from you. Are right. you able to give it? Right. Um, and and that's in a sense almost. <laughs> Almost a good way of, of relating with God, I'm thinking. Like, yeah. What, Lord, this is what I need. Mm-hmm. You know, can you give it to me? Uh, trusting that he will. Yeah. But then also, what can I give you? Right, right. You know? And then not only that, but what, um, uh, you know, this is what this is what I ask you for, but um, am I ready to receive what you have to give? Because for me, again, it always comes down to what am I willing to receive? What am I open to receive? What am I poor enough to receive? Uh, I will say that there are different layers of being poor. So it could be that I'm poor, but I'm not poor enough yet for that. Hmm. So I'm still, you know, this is what so-and-so has to give me, but it's not what I'm looking for. Uh, but if I'm, if Can you I'm really, well, if I'm, more? well, um, let's see. Uh, I'll, I'll use food as the easiest uh, analogy That's I can put on quick, it. Okay, so one. let's say I'm hungry today and i didn't bring lunch okay uh-huh. and uh somebody has um i don't know chicken livers and they're not high on my list i'm not <laughs> going to eat them now in my head i'm I'm thinking of of the show survivor i'm not going to eat them <laughs> but if i'm 40 days into this thing i'm eating the chicken livers and uh, we might not even have to cook them that much or with that much seasoning right i'm going to eat them why the need because is so great. the need is so great you know, I'm not going to balk at uh, what's on the menu, just whatever, you know. Uh, you, uh, and again, with, with food, uh, tonight I might go home and eat, uh, I don't know, uh, chicken drumstick. Mm-hmm. And maybe I don't clean the bone that well. But if it's my only chicken drumstick for the week, the bone is probably going to be crystal clear, right? I'm going to probably take a lot of time to get every microscopic morsel off of it. Sure. And so I think it's the same. Um, uh, I think it's the same with God. I think it's the same with people around us. If I'm always doing for myself and can take care of myself, what do I really need from other people? And worse to the point, I'm only going to go to other people if I for a particular thing that I want them to do for me. It's not even something that I need. Hmm. It's just really for uh, entertainment's sake, like um, icing on the cake or whatever. Um, but if I'm uh, in if I'm in need, if I, the poorer I am, the more I think the more relational we are. You know, yeah. I, I can remember a time in the outreach office, and we we laugh about this every now and again. It happens not all the time, but every now and again, where somebody will get something uh, uh, in the waiting room, and there's other people, and they'll share it with other people, or tell them what they got, or look, you know, come find this. Uh, very yeah. relational, right? Um, uh, there's no, there's no, uh, 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 nothing, nothing hidden or, or people will say, um, I'm going downtown. Are you going downtown? Can you give me a ride? So people that have taken the bus may ride with a total stranger back to the East end, um, instead of taking the bus. So there's an openness, uh, to relationship because, um, I think they're always open to that. Well, it seems that the, um... whereas for people that are middle class, there's always somebody who wants to take something from me, right? So we're always holding on to what we have. Yes. 
Um, we wouldn't ever consider going in a car with anybody anywhere that we didn't know because something might get taken from us. <laughs> right. Right. And this is, and yeah. these are legitimate concerns. I'm not saying that they're not, but, um, but, uh, but fear ultimately for me keeps us from being as poor as we can yes. because maybe there isn't anybody there to help me. Hmm. Uh, and maybe they're not going to help me in the way that I want. And how do I reconcile that? If somebody's helping me, you know, so, and I think that more, more than, uh, accepting something that somebody has, it's us being in a perpetual state of trying to reconcile it. Uh, I think that's a good place to be always questioning, um, ourselves, our motives, um, always being in the tension of, of, uh, what does it mean to have and for others to have not, um, these are good tensions to be in. Yeah. Um, we don't have to have an answer to it. Right. Um, I just didn't. Uh, I, I just get a lot out of the day when I'm challenged, uh, when I'm faced with things that I cannot answer. I mm. haven't the foggiest idea. And that's. I think that's a beautiful element of of being human too. Is that, uh, and we talked about this on the the struggler episode. Is that living in that tension, living in that struggle. You know, uh, there, there's also is is an element of poverty in a sense because yeah. because you can't always reconcile it no when you're inside the tension no. and we want control over it we want to reconcile mm-hmm. what it is but that that place of tension is a place of of detachment um because you recognize at the end of the day i've got to offer this up to our yes. lord because yeah. i don't know how to I reconcile how this. can i yeah yeah. How can I reconcile it if I live in the problem and am also affected by the problem? Right. What help can I be? Right. I mean, I'm in the, the mud with everybody else, um, struggling right along with everybody else. So how can I really be the solution? <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. I mean, I might, maybe, maybe as a person, I might think I'm a little bit higher up out of the mud. Right. But I, nobody's ever out of the mud of this. Nobody's ever out of the, the quicksand. Um, we, have, we have a way to, to keep our heads above water. Uh, but only the Lord really can pull us out. Um, mm. and, uh, and, we, and I think there's, a, there's, a, there's something beautiful about recognizing that um, we, can, we can all sort of lift our heads out of the water and hold each other uh, or out of the mud. Um, but... Um, but uh, but we're not the end. Yes, I have to recognize I am not the end. I cannot um, uh, lift somebody completely and fully out without myself being pushed completely under. Well, and I think that there's there's a great, as you said, beauty there because yes. it is it is recognizing that. Um, well, it's actually an awe almost that when the Lord uses us to help someone else, there's an awe there because it's. Because there's a recognition that I am also right beside this person in my own levels right. of poverty. Right. And God is amazing right. that he used me, who's a fellow beggar, right. you know, at, right. at heart, because I'm purely dependent on God for my very right. existence. Right. But yet he still chose to use me. And I think this is probably the heart of our blessed mother. Yes. Is yeah. that there's a recognition of her immense poverty in God's eyes. Mm-hmm. That she she was made purely by him for him and is loved so deeply by him that she recognizes how could I ever be worthy yep. in the sight of our God right. and yet to be used so deeply. Right. And at the end of it, what does she always, what does her action always do? It always points to Christ. 
Mm. There's never a moment um, of uh, somebody uh, investing all of their their um, uh, devotion, their uh, whatever to Mary. They're they're hinging all of their um, as if she is the one to save yes. them. Right. It is always about Jesus. So to to, to beautifully serve the other, where the other knows um, that at the heart of it, uh, it was Christ who helped them is, um, is a powerful place to be that, that never is it, um, uh, about, um, you know, the person that was, that was used, uh, by Christ, but that, that, that somehow that life, um, uh, always points to Christ. There's, there's something very, uh, powerful and beautiful about that. Um, yeah. that is, is so opposite of, uh, when you think of a, uh, a, a movie star or a rock singer or something that somebody would idolize right. in and of themselves, um, uh, to the point of, you know, over glorifying them, uh, for what they're doing with, with their God given talents. Uh, some of it good, maybe mixed with, uh, evil. Right. Yeah. You want to guess how long we've been on air, Tina? I would say 28 minutes. <laughs> Over 33. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so it's a miracle. God is good because just the two of us have been able to carry it through to I past can't a half even hour. believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my daughter, Sarah. Give me a topic. That's how this whole thing got started. Give us a topic, let's go. That's right. <laughs> well, folks, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Vici Mundum Show. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, your thoughts on this. And we are now on uh, Facebook, also on Instagram, uh, the Vici Mundum Show. So uh, like us and join the conversation. Give us your thoughts on poverty. Um, how have you understood poverty? Is your thinking a little bit different now since, uh, since hearing this podcast? Or what questions do you still have? Um, not that Tina and I are experts no by way. any means, but we'll gladly talk about <laughs> we it. We will. <laughs> Kick that so, can up the road. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I thank you all once again. And until next time, Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Pray for us. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the presenters alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia, or the Catholic Diocese of Richmond. This podcast is presented to you by individuals who are not all necessarily experts in the field of discussion but are answering the call to new evangelization and sharing the love of Christ with you. God bless you.